Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Chatcast. It's your host Femi. Uh, it's our first episode this year actually, 2020. Um, today I've got David here with me on the on the podcast to have a chat, talk about a range of things, particularly his area of you know knowledge and expertise. Um, welcome to the show, David. Hi, Femi. Hi, everyone. Um, David, just give our listeners a bit of um background by yourself. David, um, what do you do with David? So I work as a I, I I'm David. I work as an index analyst. Um, I've done a bit of equity indices in the past, but now my focus is on fixed income indices. Um, and when you say indices, most of us probably will come to mind. For those of us who know, is probably the likes of FTSE that most of us hear in the news. Um, but I won't bore you too much with what an index is and the likes. Um, that's probably a topic for another day. Definitely. But, um, that's sort of been my background. Um, but as I've known you for years, you know that one thing I'm quite passionate about is sort of money management and yeah. credit, other pe- yeah. using other people's money to for leverage, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, very shrewd. Yeah, I know. I know that for sure. I can assure my uh, listeners. So... Um, We've actually had a conversation. We could we could have had a, a whole podcast around how do we approach this topic. It's a very complex topic. I want to make the best use of David's knowledge, his expertise, and bearing in mind that we still intend to have another episode, a subsequent episode, probably next week or in a couple of weeks, to talk more about how to invest because obviously, as you may know, it's the new year. People are making a lot of um, plans, resolutions. The word resolution, a lot of people don't like saying nowadays because they never happen <laughs> when you take stock in August you find out oh, what happened <laughs> so people are running away rather they will say plans go they say it dies in February or vision by... exactly you see a lot of people in the gym the actual gym goers I know someone that really goes to the gym it says he doesn't like the gym in general because that's when you see a lot of people that don't even mm-hmm. know where the gym is and then they turn up on in January to, to, to have that you know so um so we had this back and forth conversation. We finally come to to realize let's let's go with this kind of area where we want to inform our listeners and sort of give a bit of enlightenment on how to improve your credit because mm. so many people that have bad credit they lose hope. Mm. When the first thing they will tell you if they haven't done anything is oh I don't have good good credit they mm. move on and then they continue. Whereas there could be opportunities. A bad credit is like a wound or something that's not been taken care of. Mm. If you don't look after it, it deteriorates. If you do, it starts healing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. David and I agreed finally that we're going to talk about that and then, you know, build on that. And I'm sure this episode will, will inform our listeners. So, for example, for a start, what is credit? Um, so credit, credit. I I would say credit is someone else's money. Um, and stealing. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> no, not stealing. Um, so credit is you asking. So if, if for example I say Femi, can I get hundred pounds, please? Yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, the last time he asked for hundred pounds, did he? 
the payback was he you know was he true to his word what is our you know in terms of our financial engagement has that been is it something positive does it give me the confidence exactly to, to give you that so that's literally what a credit rating is okay. um a credit rating is there are three agencies who effectively compile data about you okay. and then they effectively sell this information to prospective to lenders yeah. who you want to do business with yeah. so you want to open an account either with a bank or with a mobile phone provider or what have you yeah you they'll ask you for your address history and 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 the likes and then they go to I'll pick one the biggest um, credit reference agency in the UK Experian okay. you go to Experian and say look Femi wants to borrow 100 pounds yeah what do you know about Femi yeah and then they will then tell the lender and say okay Femi lives in XYZ um place he's had this many accounts before yeah. this is how he's managed all his accounts before yeah. he's had this many bills before this is how we and when i say before they only hold up to 6 years worth of history yeah so they'll provide 6 years worth of history which they hold to this provider mm-hmm. um and say this is what they know about Femi yeah. and then the provider on the back of the information experience has provided yeah. so say british gas for example yeah. british gas would then say thanks experience we'll take it from here they analyze the numbers as well as or the the data they've gotten from experience as well and as this happens in real time yes yeah. you, you know when you do an application and then it seems it's to thinking, be yeah. it, it's exactly what is doing is is collecting the information from these guys combining it with the information you've provided yeah. and running it versus their own database and rules yeah. of what they think is good business yeah. and then they spit out a decision yeah. um and so the reason why credit is important is it does influence whether you can get credit or not yeah and so your credit rating or in this case your experience credit rating is simply a number that is the sum of numbers which experience has attached to different aspects of your profile mm-hmm. so for example that you live in this address and you've lived there for a certain number of years yeah. gets is is assigned a number mm-hmm. the longer you've lived at the address the higher that number okay. the fact that you're registered to vote yeah also Add, has a number attached to it so why do they want to know where I live where you where live is important because that's it, where they will send the bill if basically um the, the the lender wants to know that if i borrow femi money yeah i am able to get my money back and one of the ways they able to know that is one they want to know where you live yeah they want to know how long you've lived there yeah. someone who's lived in a particular address for a long time is less likely to disappear but someone who's chopped and changed their address over the last few years is more likely to chop and change again that's the way they see it so this is why for example if you're going to uni i wouldn't advise you change your address fully to your uni address because like many of us we have, we had several addresses during our time at uni so i would generally suggest keeping your address at home and then having a secondary 
address, mm-hmm. like maybe your uni address and what have you. Um, I wasn't too sure about this, this, uh, and I che- recently I thought, let me go and search what um, some of these reference agencies think about this, and and I confirmed that this is effectively good practice uh, because I, I was like, is this is this me being is, is this me being dodgy or <laughs> or is this me being a bit too? And I found out that even when I read. Um, experience advice to students yeah. and they did mention addressability and what have you yeah okay so um, that's that's very very good um, background to to this so um, now looking like like when the way I introduced when, when we started this conversation was around how do people improve their credit? That's the particular focus of this episode mm. to say you have, for example, defaults in your mm-hmm. credit file or profile or whatever, mm-hmm. and you have a CCJ or you have too many credit cards or you're unable to get credit history at all or to get on the credit ladder as such. Or more importantly, this year, part of my vision or plan or resolution is to buy a house. Mm. How do I shape my credit to give the lenders the confidence to, 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 to give me the money and with good interest rates possible? So, good news and bad news. Um, the, 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 the bad news first. Okay, yes. so the bad news is, should you have bad credit, it and you want to buy a house this year, it does take time to repair credit. That's the that's the bad news. It takes time to repair credit. However, it does actions you take begin to take an effect relatively quickly. But to if you already have bad history, correcting does take time. Good news. I know even very recently of people who even with CCJs mm-hmm. got mortgages. And we're not talking about they didn't get like overly terrible deals. Um, In today's record low interest rate market, um, 2% is sort of not um, unexpected. But you would have thought that someone who's got a bad credit would get a much worse um, rate. Yeah. Excuse me. And this person actually got 2.31%. On a five-year fix, even though they've had a CCJ. Um, granted, the CCJ was paid off. Um, was paid off, yes, okay. because one of the, what the f- the first thing the financial advisor did was look. Any issues you have, deal with that immediately. Yeah. Let's just clear everything. Yeah. Like, let nobody have a hold on you. So yeah. clear everything and let's yeah. have that conversation so, so did they pay off their credit cards or they just paid off the ccj or what so the ccj was the ccj was cleared i i wouldn't say they cleared all their credit all their credit cards okay. i think where they could they the, brought the, down the, the, the balance uh, balances where they could pay off they paid off and what have you but yes it is possible to have a bad history mm. and get you just may not get the best deal on the market yeah however how can you actually improve your credit? Mm. Sometimes what's the problem here is actually the fact that someone doesn't even have history. Yeah. So simple things that we can do is get on the voters register if you're not. 
So is that just a culture shock? They said the bad and the good. So the bad part is... is it takes time. It takes time, okay. And but the good that is that bad. you will... You can. I've There's several people who I know who have gotten credit even for big decisions like a mortgage. Okay. Even though they've had some bad history in the past. Obviously, the probably the most important thing that many of us do uh, need credit for is a house. Yeah. Um, but even if you've got millions, for example, you're still going to need credit for other things. Even if you have millions? Okay. You're, think about it. Except even if you bought your phone yeah. and you want a SIM only deal, yeah. you're still going to... You're, the, the, le- the um, provider, Vodafone, for example, yeah. is still going to do a credit check on you even for SIM only. Okay. Um, if you're going to rent an apartment, if mm. for a set or for some jobs, you do need to have a decent credit. You, it doesn't have to be the best credit, but at least your credit needs to be decent. You can't yeah. have a CCJ and, ha- and get certain jobs, for example. Yeah. Um, if you're going to rent, for example, if you've got defaults, mm-hmm. The landlord is going to be thinking, hmm, should I rent to this guy? Because yeah. is he likely not to pay his rent at some point? Yeah. Um, so get on the electoral register, uh, mm-hmm. basically register to vote. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways um, you can improve your credit. Yeah. Um, another thing I would say is if you currently have a credit card, yeah. reduce your credit utilization. So. Yeah. What that means is you've got a limit of a thousand, yeah. but you are spending close to the limit regularly. Yeah. So try and bring that down yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. Obviously, there's a good chance that you're, you might be in this position because you, do, you can't afford a lot more payments. Yeah. Or it could just be that you've not taken it too seriously. So I would reduce your the amount of credit you're using, yeah. bring that down because if you're using more of the credit you have access to, you're communicating desperation to a lender. To a lender, and it brings. And they don't like desperate people. Basically, someone wants to define a bank as someone who will lend you money yeah. when you prove you don't need it. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. The guy who gets the best rate is the guy who is not desperate okay. but the guy who is really keen who really needs a good rate is the guy who's going to get the worst rate okay so oh, that's interesting that's a so, very interesting one another thing you can do is if you already have a lot of so we've spoken about reducing your credit card but what if you had a lot of debt as a whole not just your credit not just so We've assumed here that this person has a high level of burden. We tell them to consciously reduce it. What if someone has loans? They've got cards. They've got store cards. Or even, like many of us now, we're, we're signing up to ASOS mm-hmm. uh, credit and mm-hmm. the likes. Yeah. And we've got it with ASOS. We've got it with Boohoo. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we've borrowed all over the place. Yeah. You need to sort of try and, where possible, pay off. Where possible, reduce. Um your borrowings because what lenders are looking at is that are you the more you borrow basically the more a lender sees you that you are at risk because we all have a limit right Mm -hmm. so if you if you earn 10,000 
there's only so much borrowing you can afford. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what a lender is looking at is, should I really borrow this guy? Because the more you borrow and the more you get close to that 10,000, the higher the risk the lender sees because the lender thinks if you get into trouble today, The money I've borrowed you is at risk. Yeah. So trying to keep your lending or your borrowing lower than what you've what your salary is is important. Yeah. Trying to keep your lending less than 50% of your limit yeah. is very important. So where possible, your credit card, for example, try and keep it to no more than 25%, so 30% regularly. If you have a thousand pound limit on your credit card try not to spend more than 250 300 okay. regularly yeah the odd occasion you can probably go beyond that but your monthly balance shouldn't ideally be exceeding the sort of mm. 250 300 mark um because you're more or less communicating i don't really need this i'm mm. not desperate mm. but if you're constantly 800 balance you're saying i'm probably yeah. struggling so that, that, thanks for, for, for that insight, David. So one thing I'm going to bring you back on a bit is you mentioned, you know, you said there's a bad and there's a good. The bad side, you said it takes time. Mm. So with the good that you've just explained particularly, clearly, is if you apply all these steps, all these principles, all these rules, how we then the turnaround begin to reflect in my in my file or in my profile in terms of what's the time scale we're looking at is it within two months of good behavior or is it within two years or that kind of so in terms of improving your credit it getting it to a certain standard yeah after putting probably, all the good practice in place we're probably looking at we're probably looking at years as opposed to week two months. However, the older and in a, a bad incident is the less of an impact it has on you. Mm. So we've said that lenders hold this information for six years. If for example your missed payments were three years ago, it yeah. would have less of an impact on your credit rating today yeah. than three years ago. Yeah. If you so the more you can keep your good practices keep banking your good practices yeah. keep adding your good practices the, the more your credit improves okay. i've seen people have who've got little to no history or poor history go from below like poor credit to above average in about a year just over a year mm-hmm. and things they did were things like getting a credit card for those that didn't have credit or so you use all those credit cards that help you build your profile exactly yeah. exactly you you because not having credit is also an issue um so is so is what because the lender is thinking i don't have any information to mm. to make a decision mm. so that is also an issue but if you already do have it is trying to bring your borrowings below your salary mm-hmm. trying to bring your the amount you use in your credit card below 50% and preferably 25, sort of 25, 30%. So you you could also use the reverse engineering. That's one thing I hear a lot about consolidating your debt. Yes. show that you have that eagerness or that desire to improve your credit. 
you can then go and borrow more which is kind of like and then using that money to offset the other stuff and then just focus on one pool of of, of debt is that is that a good idea or it is it or is, is the outdated because mm-hmm. these things do change over a period of time it is probably one of your best options the downside to it is that if you already are stretched it's going to be hard to get another lender to borrow you money to consolidate yeah however if you can get a rate that is good or is on average better than your current average if you average out all the rates you currently have then it's worth looking into however if you can't always pay anything with the highest interest first because if like we will all prefer if you bring everything under one roof you just have to make this one payment so it's less stressful blah 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 but if you can't pay your highest anything with the highest rate first um and try and bring down again like i said try and bring things below your salary Mm. as you see it as if the the more you cross 25 30 50 percent the more you're seen as risky and the two numbers to watch is your income 50 percent of 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 your both your limits your current limit and your salary income or your income you see the reason why income is important is but how do they measure your income how do they know you're going to tell and a provider when you're you're so if you're about to apply for a credit card one of the questions they ask you is what's your salary yeah so and generally speaking you are not advised to lie so you earn 10k don't go there and say 20k just so that you can post because one other thing that also messes people up is lack of consistency in their applications mm-hmm. um, because you don't know who They're owns giving who. This one 10K, exactly, exactly. This one 20K. You told this one exactly, and they all use like a very centralized database to to get the actual. Not always, but you don't know who owns what. For example, you did an application with TSB, but you didn't, re- and then you told TSB is 10k. Yeah. Then you did another application with Lloyd's. You told Lloyd's is 15k because the 10k didn't work in your, then it didn't work again with the 15k. Then you told HS, um, Halifax that yeah. it's 20k. But the thing is, all three are owned by the same group. Okay. So it's, it's very sure important that you sharing. keep your consistency. Yeah. Honesty is the best policy. But what you want to do is try and keep your keep your numbers where possible below twenty five, at least f- below fifty percent of your salary. Okay. Well, thank you very much. That's that's a lot of information, and I'm sure if you are trying just just to add a little bit to to what you've just mentioned is the most important thing when you're trying in the journey to improving your credit you definitely need to do a lot of research like, yes like you yes. mentioned off of 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 her that um money saving expert is, yes is one very useful that is tool. one of my best friends yeah. um i i use i use money saving expert not just for um checking because i use it to get my free experience uh, report but I also use it for using via the MSC credit club. But I also use the, the MSC credit club. Yes, okay, that helps. Um, that gives you so a lot of access to. It gives me access to my Experian credit file. Okay, but beyond that, so you can also get your. Um, you can use Credit Karma to get your um, TransUnion credit file. You can also use ClearScore to get your Equifax mm-hmm. um, credit file. All of these are free. Yeah. Um, but I'll, before we go, I'll say that. 
two things to also take into consideration. Yeah. I, I know we've, sp- we've spoken about um, CCJs and what have you. Um, sometimes your credit file could have wrong information. Yeah. So deal with that as much as as quickly how, how as you can. How do you know if your credit file has uh, wrong check your, information? Check. We, we, I've just mentioned three, three, okay. three people you can use to get your free profile. Yeah. Get your free profile across all three. Yeah. If there's any information that's wrong, challenge, challenge it, it. And, and you have it corrected. Then another thing you, you also need to take into consideration, anyone you have a joint financial association with yeah. could impact your credit file. Okay. If you don't have that financial association anymore, delink yourself. Okay. You can you can research how to delink yourself okay. from someone you have a joint financial association with. Okay. The people so, we have joint financial association with are people we have a joint bill like or joint flatmate. mortgage. Flatmate is a common example. Spouse. Your spouse, if you have a... So the fact that you're married doesn't mean you're going to have a joint financial association. But if you both have a joint account or a mortgage together, then you have a joint... So the fact that you are married mm-hmm. does not automatically join you to that person mm-hmm. from a credit perspective. Okay. You only... So you could even have joint financial relationships with people you are not married with okay. and not have one with your wife okay all right good that's that's very very so delink do all the necessary step play back this audio share with with the, this podcast rather share with a lot of people that you may think need this because particular um, interest of our most of our listeners they are these young listeners sometimes when you're young that's when you actually start derailing your credit history or your credit profile so uh, adverse start credit reports yeah, affects young people start and early. from there you know they just they sometimes some people just give up completely on it so i i really really thank you for your time david but i'm sure we will come back to this topic in our next episode because we don't have enough time to cover all the things that we like to talk about but Going forward, we will cover other areas around credit, how to get mortgage, how to take advantage of various, you know, you know, all the all the stuff going on in the market, and a bit of, you know, other other things as well. So do have a very wonderful rest of the day, whatever you're doing. Until the next episode of Chatcast, have a great time. Thank you.